Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Come on, good morning. What's up, everybody? Y'all good today? Good to see you here. Man, it feels like it's summer, summer break outside now. After last week, it feels good. It's good to be in the house of God. Why don't you look at a couple people and say, you're blessed to be sitting next, next to me. You're blessed to be sitting by me. Now, now t- tell that same person, tell that same person, we should be friends. We should be friends. I'm excited about being friends. Man, we, uh, listen, I want to encourage you with our Connect Group rally. It's coming up in a couple weeks. We do Connect Groups as a church. There'll be all different types of groups you can get involved in. I am teaching a class on Wednesday nights, and we'll have some finance classes as well. Um, it's a little different than a Connect Group. Well, those, are, those are more classes, but uh, the Connect Groups are uh, community out in restaurants, houses, at church, different studies, uh, some activities, different things like that. But I just want to encourage you, get connected. Come on, dis- disconnected. The one, one of the things uh, that can derail your life is being disconnected. And so, you know, whenever you think about disconnection, it's never a good thought. Maybe you need to disconnect from some negative things and connect to some positive things. But don't be disconnected when it comes to church and friendships and relationships. I'd encourage you, uh, make a friend today. Find somebody and say, hey, we need to be friends. And, uh, and just connect into the life and the house of God. Uh, we're in a series right now called Cloud and Fire. I'm going to end that series today. Um, and uh, we've been just looking at the power of the Holy Spirit and... Um, I'm going to say some things today that maybe, you know, I don't know, might, might, you know, challenge you, some things that might encourage you, some things that might scare you. That's okay. It can be, ch- Christianity is challenging, encouraging, and scary all at the same time. Uh, I've said it first service, and I would say it again. My, my intention is not to grow a church. My intention is to empower a people. And so... I, I, it's not to, to grow and as big as we can get and say everything everybody wants to hear. I want to see a house that's empowered. Moses said, I wish that all God's people were prophets. I wish that everybody had the spirit and the power and the fire of God on their life in a way that would go out and change the world. Moses actually prophesied Pentecost when he said that. I wish all God's people were prophets. Joel chapter two talked about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna talk about the Holy Spirit today. Some of y'all maybe know all about it and you're all in. Some of you are like wondering about Holy Spirit. Some of you are like, I know about that, but what do you, what do you mean fire? And you've been talking about the Holy Spirit leading us and there's gifts of the Spirit and all those different types of things. And uh, we're a very biblical church. So I'm not gonna, you know, we're, we're not... I mean, the Bible says that we're peculiar. We're not weird. If you're, if you're weird, then, you know, we just need to talk about that. Uh, but we can be, we can be peculiar people. Um, I'm going to be very biblical. Uh, I'm obviously passionate about, uh, the Bible. And so you'll get some of that passion and some of that fervor. Um, but I want you to know everything I'm giving you is from the Bible. And I think that's where really revival starts is getting, um, the cross plus Pentecost, uh, the book of Acts. The church, uh, in, in large measures, left out the book of Acts. Just They've been scared of it. All the different things that happened in the book of Acts, the fire of God being poured out, uh, Holy Spirit encountering people's lives. I know for my life, my life changed when I uh, was saved, obviously. I got all of the Holy Spirit. You, if you get saved, you get all of the Holy Spirit in you. I'm gonna talk about that today. He comes inside of you to live, to dwell, to regenerate you. You're alive in God for eternity, going to heaven. But there's another experience the Bible talks about, baptized in the Spirit, where you're actually immersed, or the fire of God comes on 
into your life and, and it changes things. Um, the Old Testament, um, some of the series we've been talking about comes from where God's kids came out. The Old Testament were God's church. The Jews were God's church in the Old Testament. It was a picture and a typology of, of us and Jesus. And so when they came out of, uh, the, out of Egypt, um, they, they had the blood of the lamb they put on the door of their house. So they took salvation. It was a picture of Jesus on the cross. The blood of Jesus was on the door of their house. You remember the story? Anybody remember the story when Moses got all the God's people free? And so they actually put the blood at the top of the door. If you read it real closely, it went, some blood went to the top of the door and went to the side of the door, so it actually formed a cross on the door of their house, and so it was a picture of salvation to the whole house. They ate the lamb, they had to eat the lamb. If you study it, they took a lamb, and the families got together and they ate the lamb. Jesus talked about eat my flesh, you know, drink my blood, it, it just about just his sacrifice, and so that happened uh, as a picture in the old covenant. And then, as that, as that salvation happened, they leave Egypt. And they begin to go out, and the Bible says that Satan's army begins to chase them. Pharaoh and the army chase them. And as they're leaving, uh, they're saved, and Pharaoh's army's chasing them. It says this cloud came over them and, and actually brought separation. A cloud came over their, over their life and went in between them and the enemy army and brought division and separation. It actually said, and there was a, it was like fire and a cloud. It was, all, it was a picture of the Spirit, Holy Spirit. And it came over them, and it said it brought separation. It brought darkness to the enemy. And actually brought light to God's people. And it led them. And, and so then it didn't stop there. It says, and then they came to the edge of the Red Sea. We talked about it last week. And the water opened up and they went down into the water. Again, get this, this cloud's still behind them, the Holy Spirit. They go down into the water, through the water, and up out of the water. The water closes up and drowns the demonic Egyptian army. And then sets them free into a new promise, a new promised land to follow God. And so, and so that whole picture, Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 10. Um, if you read 1 Corinthians 10, he, he says, I, want you, I don't want you to be ignorant of this stuff. I, want you, I don't want you to be unaware of this. I want you to follow this as an example. And he, and he gives us a picture as an example. He says, don't be unaware, don't be ignorant of it. He goes, that all of God's kids in the Old Testament, they were, it, says, it uses this language, were baptized in the cloud, and in the sea. And he, he likens that to our modern walk, New Testament walk. Jesus saves us. The blood of God comes onto our heart. We accept salvation. The Holy Spirit comes in us. But then the Holy Spirit comes on us and actually brings separation between us and the demonic forces that have attacked our life. The reason a lot of you still struggle with the same phone call from that person and hook up <laughs> that you shouldn't be hooking up with. You've gotten saved. <clears throat> you love God. You deal with the same habit, the same addiction, the same, the same thought process, the same negativity, the same depression, the same, the many times I, 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 was, I was there for years. I, I got saved at 12 and then for 12 years was in and out of a very radical worldly lifestyle. And then when God began to try to draw me back in for two years, I was in a, in a, in a pulling match with God and, and, and a surrendering match. And I would surrender and then fall back in and I'd move to a new city. And then there'd be this, you know, drug dealer there that lived next door and he, he dealt the same drugs I liked. And then I would go to an, another, another city and there'd be this uh, girl that uh, you would let me talk about God a little bit. And I was always, I was the guy at the party going, but Jesus is coming back for real. <laughs> what about, what do you think about Jesus? <laughs> You're killing everybody's buzz. You know what I'm saying? Like, like no one wanted to be around me for a couple years. I'm like, God's for real. God is real. Like, you know, it's just, but, 
the thing is, like, it, it doesn't all happen overnight, right? Okay, praise God. Uh, but I was saved. I loved Jesus, right? I, I wanted to serve God. I didn't have the power. I didn't have the strength. I didn't have the ability. I didn't have any, I didn't have the spirit. The spirit was in me. I was saved going to heaven, but I didn't have the Holy Spirit on me. And what I'm going to talk about today to give me the strength. And it's a picture of the Old Testament where I got saved and I came out of Egypt, but Egypt was still chasing me. And, and, and as it chased me, I didn't understand about the Holy Spirit that could come on me and empower me to actually cut off that old demonic force that chased me down everywhere I went. So I was always on the defensive and never on the offensive. And so what I want to talk about is the fire of God that comes on our life and gives us an offensive strength uh, to cut off and to change and to grow. And again, it's not overnight, but there is an experience. There's a salvation moment and there's a baptism power spirit moment that you can, you can cry out for and call to God for. And we're going to go back into worship at the end of the day today. And maybe you need some of that power or some of that fire that's available today. Um, next week, we're going to start a new series called Situationship. Uh, that's going to be a good series. It's going to be all about relationships. Uh, anybody ever gotten into a situationship? Yep. Somebody, don't raise your hand if you're in one right now. I'm in one in a situationship right now. Um, but we're going to start that. It's going to be a great series about relationships. Uh, but today I want to talk about fire. Uh, God and the Bible mentioned fire 515 times when it comes to um, just God. He, I'm an all-consuming fire. I, I answer by fire. I, I want fire on your life. I want an altar full of fire. I, 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 they made a sacrifice of fire that was pleasing aroma unto God. So I'm going to give you a couple verses, about five or six verses, some from the Old and some from the New Testament, and then I'm going to jump in. We're going to really hone in on uh, uh, Acts chapter 1, uh, verse, verse 1, uh, 1, 8 where it says that you and I shall receive power uh, to be witnesses. We'll look at that. But I want to give you some verses and some context. Exodus 40, 38, it says, For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day, and fire was over it by night. So get this, it's, it's an above picture. It's from above. It's an external above picture. Fire was over it, and, and cloud was over it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. Leviticus six thirteen, A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. Uh, listen, that, that, that's a commandment God gives to the priests. You and I are the New Testament priests. You're a priest. The Bible, Peter says that we're a, a royal nation, a holy priesthood. We, God's kids, we're a royal nation, you're a royalty, and you're a holy priesthood called to show forth the praises of God, to make known the praises of God on the earth. What's your role as priest? Minister unto God and give praises unto God. This says in the Old Testament, your commandment as a priest in the Old Testament was to never let the fire go out. God says that our job as priest is number one, one of the number one jobs, minister to him and never let the fire go out on the altar of our heart. You ever had to fan the flame some things again and keep things burning and put some fuel on it? To keep fire going, you have to put fuel, you have to feed it, put some word on it, put some relationship, put some connection, put some wind, and all of a sudden that fire can be dim and can be rekindled. He says, I don't want the fire to ever go out on the altar of your heart. Come on, the altar of our heart is in competition for a lot of things. He says, I want your heart to be an altar of fire. Deuteronomy 4.24, Old Testament. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Man, I think we need to think about that. Like God is jealous, a consuming fire. You know what fire's like when it touches something. Proverbs says that, that there's four things that are never quenched, that are never satisfied. One is fire. If God is a consuming fire, can I say that he never is satisfied with how much of your life he has? He's satisfied with you. 
He loves you. You're approved, well accepted, beloved in the body, but, but he wants more of you. He wants your heart. He wants more areas of your life. A fire, it's never quenched. He says he's an all-consuming fire. A jealous God, he's jealous for you. Come on, you get that little app that tells you how long you've been on social media, and that'll, <laughs> oh, Jesus. We'll show that to the Lord. I've been on 27 hours today. You must have stopped the clock for three hours. <laughs> I'm Joshua. You know, no, I'm just kidding. That's so dumb. Um, it's like, it's, it's like he's, he's jealous. First Kings 18, 24. Then you call on the name of your gods and I'll call on the name of the Lord and God and the God who answers by fire. He is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well Spoke in Matthew 3:11, John the Baptist is speaking. He says, "I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who is coming is after me is mightier than I. Listen to this: whose sandals I cannot tie, he will baptize you. That word is immerse or submerge you or, or uh, externally immerse you. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire." Luke 12:49, Jesus is speaking. He says, "I came to send fire on the earth." I came to send a fire into your life. I came to send fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. Here's Christ's heart. He hasn't died yet. He hasn't risen yet. Hasn't poured out his spirit yet, but he's wishing. He's like, man, I wish the Holy Spirit fire was on the earth already. He goes, I came to put fire on people. I came to put fire in the earth. I came to ignite some things on fire and get some, some of that heat going. I wish it was already started. And then now Acts chapter two he gives us a promise in Acts chapter one, Jesus, right before he goes to heaven, the last words of Jesus before he goes to heaven, but he came back down obviously, but the last words before he's taken up to heaven, he looks at his disciples, he says, hey, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It's an external thing upon you and you'll be clothed with power to be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to all the world. And then they go and they wait. And then 10 days later, in Acts chapter two, the fulfillment of all the fire verses of the Bible happened in Acts chapter two, verse three. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them. This fire was poured out. The Holy Spirit was poured out in this upper room experience. I really believe this is revival, the cross plus Pentecost. Most of churchdom has left out this stuff because they get scared or nervous or it's been abused or it's been weird or like, I don't get prophecy in tongues and what is about with the Holy Spirit fire and tongues of fire and well, I don't know all that. You, you know, everybody gets nervous about all that, but you'll watch every paranormal show on the planet and be fine with it. You know, I, so I just, it's like there's, God has some fire for you and I. Jesus' desire was it. And, and Paul said in Galatians that the, prop, the fulfillment of the Abrahamic promise, the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant is that we would receive the spirit by faith. That you would desire and receive the spirit. If you got saved, let me say it again. If you've gotten saved, giving your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. You've taken a drink of the water. He's inside of you. He's regenerated you. You're born again. But there's another experience where the Holy Spirit comes upon you and empowers you to get away from the demonic forces and fight them fairly and with power of the Lord to see your life change and to see lives change. Here's my title for today. Number uh, title is this very simple. You're playing with fire. You're playing with fire. Look at about three people and say, you're playing with fire. Say it like you're talking to your kids. You're playing with fire. You're playing with fire. You're playing with fire. Father, thank you for sending fire. Holy Spirit, thank you for being a fire in our life. You are God. 
You're not, you're not small. You're not a small God. You're not a small representation of God. You are God, capital G God, Holy Spirit. And you are the fire that came from heaven. You're the fire on the altar of our heart. You're the fire that wants to touch our life. Thank you for changing things. Thank you for consuming what needs to be consumed and, and, and igniting what needs to be ignited. Thank you for doing what you could do today. Lord, you said that this thing is impossible to live out Christianity. It is by the spirit of God. It is not by might, not by our strength, not by us being good enough. Lord, Holy Spirit, do your will today and change hearts. Melt, Lord, that heart right now, that heart that is so hard. Lord, I pray, Lord, it's not, it, w- it would be melted today by the Holy Spirit fire, by the warmth of your love, by the power of your truth, that that hard heart, I just, I just felt this right now, just as I was praying, just that there's a, just that concrete heart today. That it's not concrete, it's just wax. And it would be melted today by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen? You're playing with fire. I, uh, I think that we as a church need fire. Again, um, you're not going to see me running, jumping off the platform, screaming fire and slapping anybody and knocking you on the ground. Uh, that you, we can save that for TV. Um, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but we need a real move and a real uh, move of Christ and the fire of God. Many of you are praying that Jesus would send, show up at your school or show up at your work or show up in your home. And you're saying, Jesus, please show up. Uh, when Jesus left us, he says, I send you another just like me. I send you the Holy Spirit. I send you another helper, he said. The word another in the Greek was homos. It, it, it's the word another of a same kind. Heteros is another of a different kind. Homos is another of the same kind. Jesus says, I send you a, another of the exact same kind as me. So, so when you're begging Jesus to show up, he's saying, I'm already there. When you're asking the Lord to go to your school, he's saying, I'm praying for you to go. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, please come and and heal my marriage. He's saying, I'm praying for you to heal your marriage. Lord, would you, would you say my neighbor, he's revival is us understanding that we're empowered by the spirit with the fire of God on us to go out and change our communities and our city and our gyms and our workplaces and our homes and Home Depot and our, our houses and, and let that thing permeate this is fire that's on fire changes things. I got a little video of what I'm talking about here. Check out this video. This, let me give a disclaimer. Uh, my wife was out of town during this video. So, so that was, don't judge my parenting. It was about, it was about, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe. right now it's probably about 10 years ago. And, uh, my boys and I, uh, you, the, the voice you heard my son, my second son right here, Jude was like, can I try dad? Can I try dad? And he got it next and he got to and shoot it a lot longer next. And, and my oldest son, he went first and I was, we built a flamethrower super soaker right there at home, <laughs> filled that thing, filled that thing with lighter fluid and, uh, and, and, and put, and then built a, a, a tinfoil flame proof, uh, extender rod on it. Put a little, a little candle, a little small mini candle at the end of far enough away. We built an extender so the fire wasn't too close to the tank. Come on. You know, you guys, you got to get that spread out a little bit. 
And, uh, and then <laughs> we had a friend, he was here first service, Scott Bell. He plays our keyboard sometimes. His son, Gavin was there. He never allowed him to come back to the house. He was like, he showed up. He's like, we made, we made flamethrower super soakers, dad. And, uh, and he was looking at me. It was a little dangerous, a little scary. Listen, you're, you're like, man, that was a little, little, little scary, little dangerous, little, little, uh, who knows? A little suspicious. It's like, wow, I, I don't, it wasn't, is that good? Can, is that wise? Like I, is that okay? Like, can we do that? Can we even do that? Like, Sandra's out of town. Like, look, can I just, t- can I just tell you? Let me just say this to you. You're playing with fire. That is a picture of Christianity. That is a picture of, of you getting your life saved, God putting the word of God and the fuel of God on the inside of you and having the spirit of God, rivers of living water, the Bible says, are on the inside of you. There's fuel and there's, and there's life and there's oil on the inside of you. And then the Bible says that, that the father in a good, safe environment and a good, and a good understanding with wisdom devises some things and takes a little fire from heaven and touches the outside of your life. And all of a sudden, you begin to allow the word of God and the life of God and the rivers of God and the oil of God to flow out of you and the spark of God from heaven begins to ignite some things. This is flamethrower Christianity, baby. This is different. Are you, are you a Christian? Uh, you get a several options. Are you a Christian? Did you hear my son? Dad, can I try? Dad, can I try? Dad, can I try? Dad, can we try? Dad, can we try? Or, 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 or we got to go to church. Are you a Christian? Yeah, I go to church. Do, do you love Jesus? Yeah, we, we attend transformation. Yeah, I wish our schools were saved. Dad, can I try? Dad, can I try? Dad, can I try? I wish our homes got on fire. I wish our, I wish our marriages, I wish communities, kept, Dad, can I try? Oh, oh, we can have Christianity. Yeah, I go to church or we can have, man, God came and he put this flame and there was this stuff inside and it was a little scary and I was a little nervous and I'm not sure if it was even legal. But God, I want church like that. I want life like that. I want an adventure with God like that. I, I want to see people healed and set free and saved and prophesying and speaking in tongues and seeing people free and setting demons out of people and seeing the sick healed and the dead raised and blind eyes open and marriages being restored and people humbling themselves. I saw a man first service walk down here and pray. He hasn't been prayed for in 12 years. I watched him walk down here and get prayed for, prayed for, prayed for. It's not a word. Prayed for. I just, I just think there's something different. We're called the body of Christ. We, this is not the body of Jesus. Why is that important? Body of Jesus. Jesus' body is in heaven. This is the body of Christ. Can I tell you, Christ is not his last name. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ is not his last name. Christ is his title. It, and the word Christ means anointed one. In the, word, in the Greek, it means smeared on. Jesus, the smeared one, that he's been smeared with the oil of God's presence, with the fuel of God's presence, with the fuel of the spirit. He's been smeared on. Come on, you can tell a man or a, or a person or a woman or a church with oil on it. Like they've been smeared. They're smeared. That we're the body of Christ. We're the, we're the smeared on ones. We're the anointed ones. We're the one, ones that have the ability to light the fire, the fuel that, that ignites this stuff. We are smeared. The body of Christ. 
We are smeared. We are smothered. Come on, y'all, you're in the South. You understand about being smeared. You fry everything. Come on, y'all fry it all. We are smeared on smothered, covered, scattered. <laughs> smeared. Fried turkey. We're my fried turkey people. Smear that with some oil. Fry it up. Put disclaimers on that. This is not for the faint of heart pilgrim. This, this could kill you. We're playing with fire. It's designed to kill you. It's designed to burn up and burn out and to refine and refire. You know, it's designed. We're playing with fire. We're going to be smothered and be anointed and see the fire of God in our life. So, so a couple thoughts. We're the body of Christ. Let me give you a couple thoughts. John Wesley wrote this. He says, I set myself on fire and people come watch me burn. And uh, I, I think that this is dangerous devil stuff. This is offensive stuff. This is going after the enemy in your sphere. Again, I, I want to see this for your life. I know a lot of places don't talk about all this stuff because they're afraid it might scare people away or whatever. I want to see you walking in the same power of God that God afforded to me to see my life change and see me get free from addiction and pain and hurt and perversion and depression. And, and I couldn't have done all that without the Holy Spirit power. So he says this in Acts chapter one, verse eight. I'm gonna give you three thoughts today. And then we're gonna go back into worship at the end. And I pray that you get hungry for a little bit of fire in your life today. Acts one, eight, it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Again, it's an external thing. You shall receive power. Everybody say receive. receive. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is a shall be. This is a promise from God. And there's a progression. There's three parts, and it kind of progresses throughout the verse. The first thing is, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That there's this coming upon. First thing, his presence is in you, and his presence is on you. I've been talking about it. You're smeared with it. He's on you. It's an external thing. If you've never had this experience or said, God, I want this. I want you to come on me. You've been saved, but maybe you've never said, I need your baptism. I need this fire of the spirit. I need you in my life this way. Then that's an experience for you. I can tell you when it happened to me. I know the date and time. I know the date and time I was saved. You can look at all the greats. Study. Study all the, the fathers of the faith. Study D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody, who's an amazing theologian, Moody Bible School, his preaching, they said it was like stale, dry bread and no one was showing up. And then he begged God for an encounter. And you can read his journals and God showed up in his room and he had this encounter with the spirit and everything changed in his writing. Everything changed in his teaching. His whole ministry exploded in a different way. Same thing with Whitfield and the same thing with Wesley Brothers and the same thing with all, read down the same thing with Finney and all these guys. You can study their life. The, the mark of the spirit is what changed the power in their life and the trajectory of their ministries. And so there's something like that for you and for me. It says that you shall be immersed or baptized with the spirit. Come on, immersed means this. You're immersed from above. It shall come upon you, immersed from above. We're getting ready to see a Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. Come on, Lions, go Lions. Let's go, Lions. We're my Lions fans. I'm on the bandwagon. I'll get on it. I've been to Detroit once. Come on. And, uh, they're going to they're gonna win the Super Bowl. <laughs> and then some of their players are going to come and dump a bucket of Gatorade over the coach's head. And he's going to be immersed from above. The cool thing about our game is that we don't even take the field. The coach took the field for us, named Jesus. 
went up on a cross, defeated death, defeated hell, defeated Satan, came out of the grave, and then he went and got the Gatorade bucket and poured all of it on us on the sidelines and said, now y'all go and win every other victory and fight with this immersion on your life. The, the heart of God in 2 Corinthians 13, 14 I love this verse. It talks about the Holy Spirit. It says three things. It says, I pray, Paul prays, the grace of God, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you and the love of God. And listen to this. And the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The word communion there, it's an interesting word. It actually, in the Greek, it means and the traveling with or commuting with. So communion, that word means that the, the, the communion of the Holy Spirit, the transporting with the Holy Spirit be with you. Meaning, meaning that you're transporting with the Holy Spirit. Um, all society is measured by the progression or the advancement of its transportation systems. So the more advanced a society, the better infrastructure of transportation has. When infrastructure of transportation begins to break down, come on, T-Dot. Um, when it begins to break down, then, then you're hitting some potholes and your car breaking down and you're mad that you lost your suspension in your car. When, when transportation begins to break down, then, then society begins to break down. What he's saying is that, that as you transport with the Holy Spirit, you're, the infrastructure of the spiritual life around you begins to be built up. But when that, when that breaks down, when that transporting with the Holy Spirit day in and day out, with him being on you and you walking with him that way, if it's not happening, then the infrastructure of your spiritual life and the spiritual life of your community begins to break down. And so you and I have to be transporting with the Holy Spirit so that we can actually be the transportation structure, the infrastructure of God delivering his grace and his love and his mercy and his power and his healing and his name out to the realms that God's called us to go to. And so A, when we walk with the Holy Spirit, there's this communion and this relationship transporting, just walking with, just having that spiritual life. The second thing, it also means a very close friendship and intimacy. It's communion. So, so it also means fellowship, like an intimacy with the Holy Spirit, a friendship with the Holy Spirit. This is what's beautiful about the Holy Spirit fire and the life of God coming on you and you understanding who he is. Marriage um, without friendship and intimacy is just a bunch of tasks. Come on, my wife and I, I love you. 23 years coming up, baby. I know, it's, I was doing the math the other day. 23 years and... and um, and, you know, without, without friendship and intimacy, which we all have to always work on. The thing about these kind of things is you start working on it and then you think, like, you know, you go to the gym and you think you're good. You don't stop working out once you get in shape. You don't, you don't stop, you know. But that, when it comes to spiritual life or relationship or intimacy, sometimes we get to a good place and then we stop doing it because we think we're in a good place. You have to continue to do that. And so in our relationship... It's, it's just like anybody else's, there's ups and downs, but like if there's no friendship or intimacy or close commun communion, then it's just bills, job, laundry, puppy, <laughs> church. Bills, job, laundry, feed the dog, puppy, church. Bills, you get it? It's just with no intimacy. It says that you would have communion with the Holy Spirit, intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. That friendship, if with our friendship and intimacy, what does that bring? It brings joy, fun, just hot, fire, yay. <laughs> Y'all heard me when I made that flamethrower. I was like, and then the kids were like, can I do it again? And I'm like, <laughs> it sounded like a bad Bart Simpson's episode or something. I'm like, but it's just like with the friendship and intimacy and fellowship, it's, it's, it's life and fun and fire and relationship. If you remove all that, it's just stale. That's the point about this fire. Just Christianity is not supposed to be stale, dead religion. 
It's supposed to be this fire of God and this intimacy and this friendship. And the Holy Spirit brings that. Deuteronomy 4.24 says he's an all-consuming fire, a jealous God. He's jealous. He wants intimacy with you. My wife was trying to explain a movie to somebody the other day. It was some movie with Josh Lucas in it. And they didn't know who Josh Lucas was. And she's explaining it to them. And she goes, you know, it's that guy, Josh Lucas, the guy with the real intense blue eyes. I was like, whoa. Is that, is the adjective needed? You didn't need the adjective. Intense. I was like, what? You can just say the guy with blue eyes, baby. Intense is off limits in this house. Intense is off. No intense blue eyes. And she just laughed. I felt this jealousy in me. I felt this like, I was like, I don't like her using adjectives on this other man. <laughs> I feel like God just like, only wants certain adjectives reserved for him when it comes to your life. I feel like God's jealous a little bit. And he's like, hey, I want, I want this relationship with you. I want to be intimate. I want, I want those adjectives from your heart used only on me. And that's just friendship. And that just comes with if we're willing and available. And say, God, I'm willing. And so, number one, you, you, you have him on you. Not just in you, he's on you so you can commune and commute with him. Second thing, it says his power will come on you and you shall receive power. Very important. Um, number two, his power is dependent on your posture. You, you shall receive power. You shall receive power. A lot of us think that word reception is just sitting in church and hoping to get something. You're going to get a lot sitting in here, taking notes, learning, hearing, getting the word of God in you. That The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm all for church. I'm all for this. I, I give my life to this. I, I love this. I love the power of God's people together, worshiping and being empowered. Uh, but, but, it's not, but it's not just like sitting. Um, when it says that you shall receive power, the word receive is actually the word lumbano. It's lumbano in the Greek. It means to take with the hand, like a receiver, to grab hold of. That you, that you actually have this posture of reception. You can, not, not, just, not just a posture of resistance. Well, a lot of times we have a posture of resistance when it comes to church or authority or uh, leadership or, or I don't, I, I'm a skeptic or what, you know, it's like, no, no, no. As God's people, we're a, we're a receiving church. We're a hungry church. We're an open church. We're a, we, we, we want more church. You know what I'm saying? We, I'm going to receive some things from God. And so that's why we have altars open. That's why we have ministry team. That's why people put their hands up and, and, and shout out to the Lord and cry. And we're, we're, we're receiving. We have this posture of reception. You shall receive when you have the right posture. I, uh, I do an illustration like this often. That I got a $25 gift card and uh, I, you shall receive when you take hold of the power of God. You shall receive when you take hold of the power of God. You shall receive. You shall receive when you grab a hold of the power of God. You, you shall receive when you take hold of all that God has for you. That's what I'm talking about. You shall receive. That's the, that's the type of Christians God's looking for. People will trip somebody trying to get a little bit of power. Like, Sometimes we hear receive and we just think we're going to, okay, we're just going to get it. No, no, no. There's this, there's this posture. There's this grabbing. There's this going after. There's this hunger. There's this desire. There's this God. I know you're a jealous God consuming fire. I need more of your fire. I need more of you this year. I I need your Holy Spirit on me. God, I want to experience it. I want to encounter it. You and I shall receive to change us. 
We get scared to talk about it. I had a guy years ago in my car, I was praying for him. He was a professional soccer coach in Charlotte and uh, worked with my youth ministry. I was a youth pastor at the time and all these kids had been receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. Changing, life was changing. They were, they were power of God, prophesying, praying in tongues, writing songs, having miracles break out, having demons come out of them. These students started casting demons out of other kids. Kids started having revival, you know, flooding altars, confessing of stuff, students praying for students. The church shut it down because they got scared. And, and, and one of my leaders, his name was Steve, he saw all of it and he knew it was real. And, he, and he, he was a professional soccer coach and he had been a Christian for about 20 years, but never walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. He called me up one day, he said, hey man, I see all this stuff happen to these students. He goes, I want that. He goes, um, and you're the common denominator. I was like, I'm not the common denominator. I said, Jesus is. It's not about me. It's about the Lord and the Holy Spirit. He goes, I want it. So we got in my car. We drove off to this Starbucks, and I started to pray for him. We read through the Bible, and I began to pray for him. He's like, hey, could you pull away from Starbucks because people are watching me. I don't want to be. I was like, yeah, we'll pull over here. And so we were right out in front of Starbucks, and I just started praying for him. A long story, but the power of God came in the car. Heaven flooded the car. You can feel the tangible presence of God. I'm weeping. He's crying. He starts, he starts going, man, my hands feel like they're on fire. My feet feel like they're on fire. I was like, man, I don't know. But that's probably the Holy Spirit, man. Praise God. You know, he's a fire. And he's like, and he, and he starts praying and singing in tongues and worshiping. And I'm singing and praying and crying. And this is a professional soccer coach. Okay, this isn't like some goofy, weird TV situation. You know what I'm saying? Now, let me just say this. I've seen this happen all over the world. And so I pray for him, and, um, and he begins to shout. I'll never forget it. He begins to shout, I've been raised from the dead. He was already a Christian, so he wasn't saying he was saved. He was saying that my life has gone from stale, dead religion to actual the fire and the presence of a real God. What was, what was just ritual became reality. And, and the fire of God takes dead religion and makes it a reality. It makes God real. I told that story in church. This is about... 15 years, uh, 12 years ago. And a guy came up to me after church and this is what he said. He goes, hey, Pastor Jamie, um, thanks for the message. He goes, uh, remind me to never get in your car. <laughs> that's all he said. I, was, I, I think sometimes that's where we're like, you know, we, we just want to be a little resistant. But the Bible says, no, no, uh, I'm going to receive. I'm going to have a posture to be hungry and to receive. I'm talking about some flamethrower Christianity. I'm talking about some 12, 9, Luke 12, 49. I'm going to send a fire on the earth. I wish it was started. Fire, listen to me, changes things. Is your life changing? If fire is on you, if you put some steaks on the grill, there's some sizzle. You put some steak, there, there's a different flavor. There's a different texture. There's a different taste. There's something different. It changes. Are you changing? When the fire gets on your life, things begin to change. Things begin to get consumed. Your taste, your wants, your habits, your preferences, things change. Ritual does not do anything. The reality of God does. It comes by the spirit of God. And the last one, you shall receive power to be a witness. You shall receive power to be a witness, not to do witnessing. You shall receive power to actually be a witness. Number three, our purpose, your purpose is to be God's proof. When the Holy Spirit comes on your life, you actually now begin to have the ability and the purpose to be the proof of God in the earth. I've got the ability. My life is changing. Now all of a sudden I am God's proof. It says you'll receive power Holy Spirit power from above to be witnesses. Listen, not to go out and do witnessing. 
I'm not gonna receive power to go and just do witnessing. We're gonna go door to door and do witnessing today. I'm gonna go to work and do witnessing. It's not what he says. I'm not, I'm not, I've been door to door. I mean, I've done that. I've seen miracles door to door. I've gone out two by two. I've done, I'm, not, I'm not saying that we don't do that. What I'm saying is that that's not what this is saying. What this is saying is that you'll receive power to be a witness, not to do witnessing. What does that mean? That your, your whole life becomes God's credentials. That, that your life actually becomes God's proof. What is a witness? A witness is just an evidence producer. And the problem is the church has got it wrong. We thought we've been the jury. We thought we've been the judge. We thought we've been the prosecuting attorney. We've even thought we've been the defendant. We're not we're the defender and we're not even the defending attorney. That's Jesus. He's the advocate. We're the witness. A witness just gets on the stand and tells what they've seen and heard. A witness just says what, what the proof that they've experienced, what they've eyewitnessed, what has happened in their own life. That's what a witness does. It's just like, that's who, that's what I am. I'm just a witness. I can't, I'm not trying to sell you. I'm just trying to tell you. God sent me. Yeah, I know I'm different now. Uh, it wasn't my power. Like I was this and now I'm that. I was scared to pray and now I'm not. I was this. It's just Holy Spirit. I'm just, I'm his credentials. My grandmother thought Sandra changed my life. <laughs> She's like, that little girl's done so much for you. I'm like, she's amazing, but she's not God. And, 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 and God changed my life. And I began to be a witness. I had fire on my life. I remember when I got saved and then I encountered the Holy Spirit. Uh, a friend of mine got saved at the same time named Scotty. He liked Sandra. Uh, he became my roommate. We both got saved at the same time and encountered the Holy Spirit power at the same time. And uh, that on, November, on December the 5th, 1999, I encountered the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What I'm talking about today, the fire of God touched my life and everything changed. Up till then, I was still struggling with all the same crap as a Christian that I was running from and couldn't get free from. And I had that experience and everything changed. It was in a church a lot like this one. Came to an altar, got prayed for, and, um, and I began to pray in other tongues and prophesy and heal the sick and have dreams and visions and lay hands on people. I just, things changed. And uh, wasn't scared of all of it. If you're freaking out about some of these things, just read the book of Acts. It's fine. It's in the Bible. And so uh, this guy, Scotty, gets saved at the same time. And he got a little bitter about, um, he got a little bitter about a couple months in because he didn't get my, my wife. He wanted, to, he wanted to date my wife. I was like, I, I want her, but, you know, stay back. Just because you're my roommate. You can't, you know. So we started dating. And, um, and she, man, everybody was scared of her. This girl, I'd come out of the world like hardcore, man. I needed, I needed the Holy Spirit power. She had been saved since the womb, somebody. She came out. She came out like saved. And, uh, and so she's working at the church and I was just blessed to start dating her. And um, I don't even know we were dating at this point, but Scotty started um, dating this other girl or talking to this other girl. This is probably about six months after we've been saved. We weren't dating yet, but Scotty started dating this girl. He got mad and he, qu he decided to, to quit living pure. Now, keep in mind, I've got a flamethrower in my life. I got the fire of God on me and he experienced the same thing and I'd come out of the world. So I was fired up. And so this, he started bringing this little girl to our apartment and, bring, and bringing that little girl up into his bedroom. And I was like, hold on. I, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, I'm freaking out. I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I've come, now keep in mind, I've been all around the world not living for God. But this, I had the fire of God in my life. So I'm freaking out. This time. I, I went up. I would just go. Whenever she was in his bedroom, I would just go out to the foot of his room. I'd lay on the floor and just shout in tongues under their room. Right up under their door. Just praying up under their door. I did it. <laughs> now, 
I don't know if I'd still do it that way today. I've learned how to dial the flamethrower down a little bit. I've learned, I've learned there's different dials on the flamethrower. I sure scared her off though. Come on, somebody. Like, I'm not trying to sell you. I'm just trying to tell you like, like I was once this and now I'm this God changed the fire of God. It changed the textures, my life, the, the environment, things changed. And I, I believe that you are God's credentials, not a ritual, not church attendance. We're going to go back into worship. I think the worship team's going to come out here with us. And my job is to see a church empowered by the presence of God, not to keep things for myself and to just be the anointed man for the hour or whatever. That's not, that's not what this is about. Like I've seen too much ministry like that. There's the man of God and there he's anointed and the power on that person. No, no, it's not a me. It's us. It's you. It's, and God has more for you. You're playing with fire. Would you stand to your feet with me today? We have about 10 minutes left in the room. This is just a holy moment. Lord, you're an all-consuming fire. And you're no respecter of persons. You give the same to ones as you would to other. That, Lord, literally hunger is the currency. Those that hunger and thirst shall be filled. I pray for anybody that needs a fire in their life or needs a rekindled passion or needs prayer. Our ministry team's down here. They're available to pray for you today. Maybe you just need them to agree with you for something from heaven. Father, I thank you as we go back into worship. Holy Spirit, would you just pour out your fire on people right now? Come on, let's get hungry for a minute. Come on, would you just put your hands in the air? Come on, let's worship God. He's doing miracles. He's healing. He's doing signs. He's doing wonders. He's an all-consuming fire. Thank you, God, for consuming. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.